Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Top Stories. I am producer Chris. Where's Andy Zaltzman? He's watching Test Match Cricket and you can find out how much fun he's having in our new sort of not new sort of spin-off Bugle podcast, The Bazcast, The Bugle Ashes Sortscast. Go find it in your podcast feeds now. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here at The Bugle, we love a rousing speech. So imagine Andy and John's joy in January 2013 as America's first black president was sworn in for the second time. It's Bugle issue 221. Do you really love us? Top story this week. Friends, Romans, Americans, British people, general countrymen, lend me your ears. It's the Bugle speech roundup. Who, who doesn't love a speech? Andy, from Lincoln's Gettysburg Address to Al Pacino's Locker Room Halftime Speech in Any Given Sunday. <laughs> Speeches have the ability to lift our hearts, to inspire us, and also to be overly long and incredibly boring. But forget <laughs> about those. There have been some major speeches delivered over the last week. First, on Monday, America was celebrating a truly historic day. The inauguration of the 44th consecutive white vice president. <laughs> That's right, Andy. <laughs> 44 in a row. The streak continues. We did it. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> of course, that wasn't the only historic moment. America also swore in its new president, although, to be honest, he looks quite a lot like their old president. Sure, his hair's a bit greyer, looks pretty exhausted. Frankly, I think we might have broken him. The point <laughs> is, it was a huge moment in history, historically swearing in the first African-American president for the first time twice. <laughs> or, or to put it another way... Swearing him in for the second time once. Whichever way you like to look at it. The point is, I was there, Andy. And yep. when future generations say, where were you? Where were you, Grandad? When President Obama was sworn into office for the second time, I'll be able to say, I was there. I was right there. And I was making fun of it. <laughs> and, future, and future generations will say, hold on, why, Grandad? Why would you make 
fun of such a solemn occasion. And I'll say, I mean, just because it was funny. I mean, I guess that's what I've spent my whole life doing. And they'll say, but why, Grandad? That moment must have meant so much to people. And I'll say... Yeah, I mean, I suppose that was one of the things I was making fun of. And they'll say, so let me just get this clear, Grandad. You travel down to a moment of history to mock it. And I'll say, yeah, 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 pretty much. And they'll look down and say, I don't understand, Grandad. I don't understand how you could just waste a lifetime making fun of things. And then we'll sit in awkward silence for a while. And then another grandchild on the other side of the room who is busy shaving a penis into the fur on the side of the cat will look up and say hey granddad just for the record i totally get it (laughs) (laughs) in a dance as old as time itself (laughs) so i mean how was the uh, atmosphere different to the uh, wild excitement of four years ago john because you were there four years ago as well well, yeah, I mean, it was historic, but slightly less historic. It was excited, but slightly less excited. Hopeful, but slightly less hopeful. You know, it was still it was good, but not great. <laughs> that was basically it. Sequels are so tough, aren't they? It's tough. It's tough when you come in so strong. It's tough. <laughs> As I'm sure Smurfs too will prove later in the year. <laughs> Let's hope this second term is not his Smurfs too. <laughs> Let's hope that it is. Let's hope that it is, because Smurfs 2 is looking good, Andy. <laughs> I was quite impressed that uh, Obama resisted the temptation to just say, ah, let's just keep chugging on for the next four years and see where we get to. <laughs> I, think, I, mean, I, mean, really, I mean, he said a lot of big things, John. He, he loves a speech, uh, as we know, and yeah. uh, he quoted from the uh, Constitution. Uh, and sorry, I'm not very good at impressions, but uh, he said... We hold these rights to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, and amongst these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, Nailed it, Andy. Moving forward. Moving forward. Uh, all men created equal. Women took them a while to get there, but they caught up. To be fair, they've caught up, and by all men, he meant some men. Uh, they meant some men at the time, and it took a while. Took a while. Took a while to get there, but John, America has got yeah. there. Got there now. That uh, all men being created equal stick took. Uh, it took a while to filter through the intro, as we discussed last week. And uh, there are a number, of, a number of things that you know Obama sort of tried to suggest that America, from these principles of its foundation, have have learnt yeah. by painful process of trial and error to uh, modernize and adapt. Uh, he said, "Together, we discovered that a free market." Sorry, he said. Together, we discovered that a free market only thrives when there are rules to ensure competition and fair play. Um, just got very much in the same way that Icarus... Well, it's, it's like being back there again on Monday, Andy. Do you know, that is the voice that his internal monologue works in. I believe that. We need health care, we do. He, I think America discovered that the free market only thrives when there are rules to ensure competition and fair play. Very much in the same way that Icarus discovered that wax plus heat times gravity equals splosh. Or the same way that <laughs> Chew-Faced Pete learned that lions do not necessarily differentiate between zebras and people in zebra costumes. <laughs> President Obama's second inaugural speech turned out to be, as you say, a soaring, inspirational call for unity and hope, and as such was treated, was treated as a divisive, aggressive call to arms. <laughs> for a start, like you, I was... Incredibly impressed that he didn't start the speech with an enormous audible sigh before <laughs> launching into the opening line. 
Okay, here we go again. <laughs> no, I, I don't think the history could have blamed him for doing that. Right, right everyone, take two. Yeah. <laughs> it's, instead, it's a, okay, scratch that, start again. I'm taking a mulligan. Uh, instead, he made an argument for the importance of unity, saying, my fellow Americans, we are made for this moment and we will seize it, so long as we seize it together. And that sentence was immediately followed by the noise of America as one squabbling, saying, I'm seizing it. No, no, I'm seizing it. Let go. I seized it first. Bullshit. He told me to seize it. No, he didn't. He told me to se- find something else to seize. I seized this moment first. He, he then elaborated on this point, criticising the current state of politics, saying, we cannot mistake absolutism for principle or substitute spectacle for politics or treat name-calling as reasoned debate. And that's clearly a laudable sentiment, Andy, but it did make you want someone to ask him, hold on, Mr President, did you see the last election you just won? Because <laughs> that was about the most vapid, spectacular 18 months of nothing that there has ever been. And I'm not saying he was the most guilty of it, Andy, far from it, but he did run Big Bird commercials, use the pun Romnesia multiple times and spend millions upon millions of dollars on attack ads. So let's not pretend that he didn't contribute to the fact that spectacle is and shall remain politics now. <laughs> well, we all learn from our mistakes, John. <laughs> uh, I mean, he said some, uh, he's always been a fine orator, Obama, yes. and... Uh, some really inspirational things said in this speech. And the, the words that really struck me most, that I think stand up there with some of the greatest things said by some of the greatest orators of all time, were these words. We must revamp our tax code. <laughs> I could feel America swelling with pride and thinking, yes, we must revamp our tax code. <laughs> in one truly phenomenal moment, though, He explicitly called for gay rights, saying, Our journey is not complete until our gay brothers and sisters are treated like anyone else under the law. For if we are truly created equal, then surely the love we commit to one another must be equal as well. And it's not like that is a particularly radical statement nowadays, Andy, but it is f***ing radical when it's coming from the mouth of a f***ing president (laughs) during his inaugural address. And the truth is... Everyone has a checklist of things that they want in a presidential speech, like an ideological bingo card. And one of the many baseless criticisms of this particular president is that he's running a secular administration due to the fact that he doesn't answer every question with a Bible verse and doesn't have a cross tattooed on his forehead. (laughs) But I have to say, for a godless president, he sure as shit seems to mention God a lot in his speeches, Andy. He said the word God five times during the inaugural address. And, you know, he's not alone in that, of course. The, The word God has become like religious Tourette's for American presidents. They just can't help blurting it out in the middle of any sentence. In fact, every US president in modern times has mentioned God in their inaugural addresses, apart from two, Teddy Roosevelt and Rutherford B. Hayes. And that's probably because Teddy Roosevelt worshipped the god of shooting things with big guns, (laughs) and Rutherford B. Hayes, I believe, was a witch. So that explains those two. He also said this, John. No single person can train all the math and science teachers will need to equip our children for the future or build the roads and networks and research labs that will bring new jobs and businesses to our shores. And that is only true, John, because America did not take the chance to vote Donald Trump in. If they'd done that, they'd have had that single person, John. Yeah. And he also said, now more than ever, we must do these things together as one nation and one people. Or as the Republicans heard him say it, 
Now, more than ever, we must do these things together <laughs> as one nation and one people. Spasiba Bolshoi. Have more range of accents coming on, John. Well, strong. I tell you what, Andy, yeah. you are flexing your vocal muscles today. That's right, John. Maybe Smurf 3, put in a word for me. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Crazy Smurf has just been cast. <laughs> I know what you're thinking now. I also want to listen to newer episodes of The Bugle. Well, I'm not stopping you. Go get them. They're fantastic. Unless the test match wraps early, I'll be voicing this tomorrow. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now.